0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Non-Technical, where I, your host, Alexis Gay, interview influential folks from tech, media, business, and beyond about everything except their resumes. Today on the pod, a truly long-awaited pod, a pod that will be worth the wait, we have Sarah Fryer, the CEO of Nextdoor. Though she's done a lot of other super impressive, really interesting things prior to that, which admittedly, I'm not going to ask her that much about. Sarah, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, Alexis, thank you so much. I'm really excited that you're not going to ask me a whole bunch about my resume.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to not ask you a whole bunch about your resume. <laughs> Perfect. Are you ready to dive in? I am so ready. Fantastique episode of non-technical is brought to you by bets recruiting that's right betts is back on the pod baby don't get me wrong i love a warm intro as much as the next person but what i don't love is combing through linkedin for four hours and then texting someone i haven't talked to since 2011 to ask for an intro to some random at the company i want to work for who they may or may not know. So if you're a high performing professional looking for your next opportunity, but tired of sending resumes out into the void or waiting on your friend to finally submit that referral, it's time to become a Bet's Connect community member. Thousands of tech startups are on their way to becoming the next unicorn. And they're looking for talented sales, marketing and customer success professionals. Apply to join Bet's exclusive network. And if you're accepted, those tech startups will reach out to you. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at bestrecruiting.com slash non-technical. Sarah is chief executive officer for Nextdoor, where you connect to the neighborhoods that matter to you so you can belong. Kindness is core to their purpose, to cultivate a kinder world where everyone has a neighborhood they can rely on. Prior to joining Nextdoor, Sarah served as CFO at Square, SVP of finance and strategy at Salesforce, and lead software analyst and business unit leader at Goldman Sachs. Sarah is from Northern Ireland, has lived in South Africa, and now lives in Northern California with her husband and two children. Sarah Fryer, welcome to Non-Technical. Alexis, thank you for having me on Non-Technical. How do you feel when people read your resume out loud to you? (laughs) I feel like I've died and I'm at my funeral. (laughs) Okay, great. Well, then there's nowhere to go but up for the rest of the show. (laughs) Exactly. <laughs> Tell me this. How did you spend your last day off? So I spent my last
1: day off doing my favorite things. I love to be outdoors. So okay. I was skiing up in Northern California in Tahoe. I was skiing with my son and my nephew. They're both much better skiers than I, but <laughs> the, the powder was up to your waist. It was hard for skiing. I Whoa. kept worrying I might die. Yes. gonna sound like I think about death a lot. You know, I'm in the first minute. Um, but I got to be outdoors. I got to be super sweaty. And yeah. Exercised a lot. But I actually got to hang with two of my favorite people. I really have a lot of fun with my kids and with my overall, my extended family, too.
0: That's so nice. I grew up skiing as a kid, but then I didn't ski from age 17 until about three months ago. So I took like a decade-long break. <laughs> and then I skied yeah. for the first time. And I couldn't believe it, but it all came back. I was shocked.
1: It's like riding a bike, I think. So I didn't learn to ski till I was in my 20s. There aren't oh,
0: many really? mountains
1: in Northern Ireland. In fact, there are zero. There are zero. Yeah. <laughs> I learned to ski in my 20s, which I'm okay. always a little sad when I watch people who learn to ski like you when they were
0: kids mm-hmm.
1: you're so beautiful and fluid. And I just make it look like hard work.
0: I would say that there are people for whom that is true. I can't say I count myself among them, but you know what? I'll take it. (laughs) If you were kidnapped, but you had the chance to communicate with your friends and family to secretly let them know that something was wrong, what would you say to tip them off?
1: This is such a good question because I actually use this phrase a lot. One of my family members is doing something. I'm like, have you been like kidnapped by aliens? Oh my God. So it's something I think about. I think it would be something like, hello, everyone. I'm thinking of taking tomorrow off work and looping in until at least 8.30. And they would respond, oh my God, mom has been kidnapped.
0: Is 8.30 a late day
1: for you? I am a super early riser. I'm a 5.30 sort of gal.
0: Oh boy. That is the nighttime. (laughs)
1: I love that moment in the morning when no one else is up or Mm -hmm. about like even Mm -hmm. the birds at this time of the year still haven't gotten up and the fact that it's so quiet and so Mm -hmm. peaceful. No one needs anything from me. I I do my best work. I feel a thousand percent at that time of the day.
0: Does waking up at 530 means that you are frequently watching the sunrise? A lot of the time. That part of it sounds very nice to me.
1: Yes. That is magical. Yeah. And it's actually the
0: pre-dawn.
1: For those of you who oh. watch the sunrise frequently, <laughs> the pre-dawn is actually when the birds start chirping Aww. or whatever they do pre-dawn. Um, I just love that half light, And then, yeah, that magical moment, that moment of awe when the mm. sun springs forth is so great.
0: Wow. Honestly, this almost makes me want to wake up at 530. I could see where that would be. A thing that is nice. I get it. I can call you tomorrow. I luck. <laughs> Okay, that would be perfect because I'm on Eastern time. So you'd be calling me at 8.30, which is a very reasonable wake up. (laughs) Okay, that's great. So if mom is sleeping until 8.30, then problems. (laughs) We need to alert someone. (laughs) There we go. Well, speaking of your family, is there anything that your family did when you were growing up that at the time you thought was totally normal and then as you got older realized was something that other families didn't do?
1: Okay, so yeah. So I grew up in Northern Ireland. Ireland. Keep this in mind. And so, if there's anyone now from the entire United Kingdom, British Isles, you mm-hmm. are going to laugh along, I think, with this one. <laughs> so. My mom had something called a tea cozy. I really don't think these are things in the United States because you don't really make tea the way we make tea in the UK, right? We Mm. make tea so that you're on drip. You know, like literally I could have an IV (laughs) going in and that would be normal for a Northern Irish person. Yes. If you imagine we have a kettle, which Mm -hmm. is another thing Americans don't have. Mm. We boil the kettle and you put the hot water into the teapot. Okay. With the tea bag, yes, and then there's this little knitted thing that my granny used to use for us called a tea cozy that we put over the top of the teapot so the teapot would stay warm. And my nana, my my grandmother had one. My Ansel had them. My mom had them, and I just thought it was completely normal. Yes, and then I went to university in England, where I guess maybe tea cozies weren't so prevalent, or certainly they weren't in my college. <laughs> I had a tea cozy, and someone came into my room and they thought it was like, yeah, kind of weird. <laughs> I couldn't understand why there was a Yes, where it would go? Tea cozy, and then I realized the folly of my ways that mm. actually. Tea cozies are not a thing, and that I was now the butt of the joke, mm-hmm. so to speak, because I thought it was completely normal.
0: So I'm sure. Tea cozies. I love that. One. Do you have a tea cozy now? I actually do have a tea
1: cozy because later, like literally a year ago, I shall keep him nameless because he probably would be mortified to show up here on your <laughs> show. But he is a founder of a startup in Northern Ireland that I'm an investor <laughs> in. And um, I'm doing phenomenally well, by the way. And his company does like hardcore dev stuff, like most people on the planet. This is a non-technical podcast, but (laughs) dev off. Okay. And he brought me as a gift, a tea cozy. (laughs) Oh my God. And I was like, holy cow, a tea cozy just showed up in my life again. Uh, That's when I knew I had to invest in him. Yeah, exactly. Somewhere in my house, there's a tea cozy. Um, sadly, because I now live in America, I make my tea with a tea bag in a cup, which is really. You know, I probably could lose my Northern Irish passport. I was
0: just gonna say. I think they revoke citizenship. <laughs> well, how do you heat the water then if you're just making it in the cup?
1: I do have a kettle still. Okay. So The whole like hot water tap thing. Yeah. Again, just not a thing. The water is yeah. actually not hot enough. Okay. I need to boil it like hardcore. Boil it. Yeah. So I still have a kettle. Um, I'm gonna make sure by the time I leave this planet, the Mm -hmm. United States will everyone will have a kettle.
0: I think that that's a great mission to be on. I can help. Well, maybe. Okay. Does this count? I have. I feel like this is gonna be blasphemy. I have an electric kettle. Oh no,
1: that's not blasphemy. That's normal. That's okay.
0: Yeah. Good. And it looks, I'm like looking at it, like it looks lovely. It's like a matte black electric kettle. So at first glance, you don't know that it's electric, but now what I'm thinking about is how much better it would look with a tea cozy on it.
1: Totally. You need a tea cozy. Mm -hmm.
0: Okay. I'm going to work on this. That is, are there two lovelier words back to back than tea cozy? Seriously. That's beautiful. Seriously. Okay. Well, that's amazing. I'm like big on this train now. I will join you. Tea cozies for everyone. That's what we need. That's the change that we need to see. I love it. What is the tiniest hill that you're willing to die on? So something like pretty inconsequential that you would really go to bat for?
1: I'm going to stay in this genre of tea. Okay. (laughs) You're making Ireland proud. This is perfect. (laughs) Here's another, and this might be a little bit part of my own like foibles in life. I also believe that when you make a new cup of tea, a fresh cup of tea, mm-hmm. you should use a new cup out of the cupboard. Oh. You know, it's kind of ritualistic, right? You
0: okay. You put the cup yep.
1: down, the kettle is boiled. Mm-hmm. I don't have the teapot with the tea cozy anymore, but I put it in. Yeah. My husband gets so offended by this because he thinks you should have one cup the whole day. And he's oh. like, why don't you just clean the damn cup. And like, mm-hmm. things. so at night he will open up the dishwasher and count all my, cups. Oh my God. It show the large s of my way. <laughs> and I'm like, why do you care? We have a dishwasher. It's doing the work. Yes. He's like, well, it's not very green. I'm like, no, 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 no. Whether there's one cup in there or 12 cups in there, it is the same amount of that water that's excellent point. Yes. So we have complete arguments about this on you know most days we have a conversation about the cups in the dishwasher my kids think it's hysterical I'm sure that's definitely a hill I will die on every single day he's actually threatened to get rid of all the cups oh my god <laughs> so one of these days I'm gonna come home and open the cupboard and there'll be one cup one cup uh, but until that day I am just going to keep using cups
0: Willy-nilly. How many cups do you think you're using on an average day? It's not a good number. I'd probably,
1: <laughs> like, probably at least eight. Now I feel like I'm at okay. the doctor when okay. they have, yeah. how many drinks do you have <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, during the week and you're like, well, no, it's three. I know. Yeah,
0: exactly. You're like doing the math and you're like, that can't be, that's, it's not that.
1: <laughs> it like it's live and something that people are actually going to listen about me, mm-hmm. but ironically, like I drink decaf coffee. I largely try to drink decaf tea. Hmm. It's the warmth. It feels yes, yes, warm. Yes. I guess like on a more technical basis, I've just been reading a whole book about your inner voice, your chatter, mm-hmm. and how everyone needs to have rituals that help us kind of calm us down in the physical world, oh. kind of come into our mental world. You know, there's much better examples. Like they talk about, I think it's Nadal, the tennis player, right? When he gets to a tournament, he shows up and he always puts his ID face up on the bench. Hmm. And then when he's about to serve, he like fixes his hair three times and pulls his shirt a couple of times huh. and then he serves. And that's his ritual because yeah. kind of his body telling his mind, you have control here. Mm. So I actually think my tea drinking is somewhat similar to Rafael Nadal serving. <laughs> like that's <just> a <laughs> a bit of a scratch here, but it's the same thing of like In between a meeting, I can go, I can get this hot drink, Yes, drink it, it makes me feel good inside, Mm -hmm. and then I'm ready to take on the world and all of the things it throws at me. Absolutely. There's kind of a ritual to it that I really enjoy.
0: I relate to that so much. I've never heard it articulated in that way, but it's definitely something I do to achieve that same effect of like, okay... I'm peaceful. I have the things I need or that feels good or it's a nice break. And it's little moments of like rest or recovery almost to then go into the next thing, whatever that is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: On the note of rituals, is waking up at 5 30 part of like a morning ritual?
1: It is. If I get up later, I always feel like I've missed something mm. in the day. Yeah. I feel like I'm a little bit on my back
0: foot. I get that. I
1: think part of it is I, you know, I did crew at university. So it's super early morning
0: sport. Oh, so you've been waking up early for a long time then? For a long time. Yeah. Okay. Well,
1: as a kid, I was like, I don't know if I had the teenage years where you sleep in. Yeah. For sure, even by the time I was kind of late teen, early 20s and was doing career, I was up super early. And then when I worked at Goldman, I was a research analyst. I worked market hours. So I literally had oh, oh, oh. to be yeah. in the office yep. at 5 a.m. Right? Like, <laughs> we're not talking 5.30. That was like a little insane. I'm like,
0: yeah. this is no longer the morning.
1: This is definitely still the
0: night. <laughs> this is the night, especially... Were you in New York at that point at Goldman? I was, no, I was on the West Coast. So that oh, you're on the, the West. Oh, so you had to... Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Woo. Yeah. People are definitely still getting home at that hour in New York, for sure. <laughs> for sure.
1: Even in California, too.
0: Wow. That's awesome. Okay. So in order to wake up that early, are you someone that can then like go to bed like an easy way? The reason I ask is that at night, I feel like it's the nighttime. It's like, oh yeah, here we go. Like I want to do stuff or something exciting is going to happen. And my brain just like totally betrays me. It's like time to do stuff, time to do everything that you've ever wanted to do. And that happens to me at like 10 30 PM. I have no
1: issue with that. Ugh.
0: My brain says it's 9 PM. Off you go. lady. Oh my God. That's beautiful.
1: I have realized wearing my aura ring, which is I feel like I've not just done an ad for aura. But
0: <laughs> one of my
1: super one of my superpowers now it sounds like I think I've got lots of them.
0: My superpower I'm so ready. No, tell me. I want to know all of them. <laughs> my superpower is sleep. I am the That's best amazing.
1: sleeper. In fact When aura dings me and I get very upset about this, I'm like, why did I only get a 94 last night? I think that was easily a 97 type of sleep. (laughs) It will be usually because I fell asleep too quickly. They have this thing called latency. Yeah, sleep latency, of course. And if you fall asleep within three minutes, you are falling asleep too quickly, saying your body is too tired. I'm like, no, no, no. It's just I am hyper-efficient. I am now in bed. I am asleep. Wow. Um, So, no, I do not get what you have got. Now, I have a brother... And he has got what you have got. Mm. And so he's still going strong at 2 a.m. Yes. After he got the little ding, ding, ding at 10.30 saying, live the best life now. Yes. And so at 2 a.m., he's still rolling. And we're like, what's going on? Go to sleep. Like, I'll be getting up. And he's still hanging around. I'm like, seriously.
0: Yes. hundred percent. Okay. Well maybe, so me and your brother might hang out. (laughs) That's (laughs) Maybe this will all change if I get a tea cozy. That could be it. Right. Don't you think it could make the whole vibe of my apartment, like calmer, definitely like sweeter. I'll just be curled up with my little, like my eighth cup of decaf tea from my tea (laughs) cozy in my eighth cup. The correct way to do it, obviously, (laughs) as we've learned
1: the eighth cup, you would still be awake at like 5 (laughs) a.m.
0: You can get up and you will be like, I'm awake. That's true. Oh my God. What a world that would be. (laughs) Oh, I love that so much. Okay. So is there a fad that you look back on participating in that at the time you are very excited about and then looking back makes you either a little cringy or just a little like, why did I do that? Definitely some clothing fads. Mm -hmm. I think
1: I fell foul too. Going back to Growing up in Northern Ireland was not yet like the pinnacle of chic. I'm I not see. even sure we even knew what chic was. We probably called it chic. You're very <laughs> chic right now.
0: Where in Northern Ireland, by the way? So in the north, mm-hmm. but on the border
1: with Southern Ireland near Londonderry.
0: Oh, okay, cool.
1: For those of you that might have watched Dairy Girls, that <laughs> is me and my girlfriends <laughs> growing up, which is probably oh. the end to my fashion bad problem okay. of fingerless gloves, I think, oh. would have to be yes. right up there. Beautiful. When they were a thing. Yeah. Sure. Madonna, she's still wearing her. Yes. But I had moved on by the mm-hmm. time I got to about eighteen. But there was a okay. period from sixteen to eighteen where Fingerless gloves, not yeah. just in the winter, made a big appearance. In my
0: that fashion. was a big thing. Okay, tell me about these gloves. They were for fashion purposes, which means my question is: were they warm as well? They were definitely wooly, but they had no fingers. So how warm could it possibly be?
1: Yeah, they were probably weren't that warm. But you know, Northern Ireland never gets that cold. So I oh, really? I didn't grow up in like Connecticut or wherever yeah, you were. Yeah,
0: like, Freezing,
1: freezing cold winters. Northern Ireland is very. Kind of
0: bland. Like temperate? Temperature. Okay. Temperate is a better word. <laughs> What's it usually like?
1: It's usually always around, oh God, now I'm going to have to translate centigrade to Fahrenheit, but it's perpetually around 55 degrees. So, you know, that's kind of nothing, right? That's not snow, or you can ski, and it's not like warm. Yeah, and it's usually rainy. Like where I grew up, it literally rains something like two hundred and sixty-five days <gasps> a year.
0: Oh my gosh! We're not
1: talking a little. We also don't get big downpours, but it's like mm-hmm. constant, just wet, which is why it's so green. So yes, yes. Sure, but it's very yeah, it's very kind of bland weather.
0: I hear you. Like there's not a lot of variety. Yeah,
1: maybe fingerless gloves were the right answer actually, because they were neither hot nor cold.
0: Exactly. As you're yeah. saying it, I am thinking I mean, fingerless gloves, you know, obviously making a, a strong, bold fashion statement, you don't really need the hand warmth. Yeah. It's really yeah. just the look. They're almost the tea cozy of the hand. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. I'm so regretting the
0: tea cozy right now. I love it. I legitimately want one, and I'm just trying to think. One of my friends knits, and she said she would knit me whatever I wanted. And I think I might be asking her for a tea cozy.
1: Seriously, easy knit, actually.
0: Really? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. Okay. Well, Sarah, <laughs> Sarah. I don't think Sarah's listening, but Sarah's dad listens to my show. So Sarah's dad, Eric, if you could please let Sarah know, I have an incoming tea cozy request. <laughs> that would be great. Well, business. I mean, seriously,
1: you to get on Pinterest. <laughs> before you know it yes she
0: makes um hair ties for fun like scrunchies like knitted scrunchies they're so cool do you knit
1: no i'm not super crafty
0: Do you have any artistic hobbies, like stuff that you like doing, even if it's not like knitting or making stuff? I actually used to paint a lot. Oh, really? It's actually decently artistic, believe it or not. Like, I believe it.
1: My art teacher was gutted when I gave up art in school. Really? And to this day, I'm like with my kids. My daughter is a phenomenal artist. Mm. And so we paint together. Sometimes. Yeah. Can, like pop out the paints, get a few canvases, and off we wow. go.
0: Wow. That's yeah. beautiful. What kind of materials do you like to use when you paint?
1: We are all about our acrylics. We'll use yes. some watercolors. Yes, yes, yes. We have oils, but they're mm-hmm. a disaster. Yes. They get on anything. They sure. They never come off. Um, but yeah, so actually a fun way to kind of chill with your, more like with a kid. Like if yeah. you have to be interested. My son, that'd be his idea of how, But <laughs> for my daughter, that's like, you know, that's actually her her zen
0: life. That sounds so lovely. Yeah. Do you like to paint landscapes or people or things? We are big on, I would say nature, like flowers, fruit. Yep
1: objects sitting around the house, not people. People are too hard. That's hard. Although she's very good at people, but yeah, Mm. I don't have the time
0: for that or the passion. Sure. I understand. I bought a watercolor set a few years ago because I wanted a creative hobby that could be just for me because a lot of my creative output is exactly that. It's output. It's Mm -hmm. writing jokes or being on stage or making videos or a show, whatever. And I was like, I love to be creative, but I want something that isn't for that. And so watercolor painting was a way to have that moment of Zen, like you put it and just sort of paint. And I heard this one YouTube instructor, cause I would like watch the videos and kind of paint along with them. She was like, and if you make a mistake, that's okay. And I was like, oh my God, thank you for saying that. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you need to snippet that out. I know. You'll record it on your phone. Exactly. And, you know, you're in the middle of your podcast and this little voice says, If you make a
0: mistake, that's okay. What more could I want to hear?
1: I'm gonna put it in next door, right? There's a yes. the little button that you open up next door and you know, you've made your post and mm-hmm. we like if you make a mistake, that's okay. That's okay. We can edit things. You have an edit function. <laughs>
0: Humble brag. Next door does have an edit function. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Okay. Two-part question for you, Sarah. The first part of this question is who would play you in a movie about your life? And the second part is, should this movie be a biopic? So birth to present, or should it focus in on a particularly exciting chapter of your story?
1: This is a humble brag, just like hope. Let's hear it. Having just watched Belfast with my parents, which, if you all haven't watched the Kenneth Brannon film, it is Mm. so good. Katrina Balfe, who plays the mom, the young mom, I would love her to play me because, frankly, it would be such a compliment. Mm -hmm. Someone who is that beautiful, but so poised and graceful, like I'm all Hmm. in, but she has the dark Irish look. And she does better Northern Irish accent than I have today. (laughs) Mine can come out too. What would it be? Gosh, you know, I think I would like it to be the arc of the whole thing. Sure. Of course, like short, because no one needs to go to 40 hour film.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: but like the arc is good. Like, like, I'd almost love it to be, you know, where a movie starts out more kind of black and white, like very monochromatic because hmm. Northern Ireland has that edge to it. When I was growing up, that is, it's not, not a good edge Man, grew up in the trouble. So, um, and if you can see Belfast, it's, it's very monochromatic to today where, you know, I feel like it's life in full color because not mm. only is it California, right? Blue sky, like the colors of the California always really stick in my head, yeah. but also just the vibrancy of kind of community, right? Where mm. I've come from, where, I, where I'm at and how I think about community. Like I talked about that arc a lot. If I was doing a podcast where we we're talking about my resume, I would definitely <laughs> talk about it, but I'm not going to go there. Um, but that (laughs) arc is really important to me because I have these sweetheart parents that were Mm. all black community still are. And, you know, now I feel like I get to be in this great position where I get to force multiply. Yeah. Like everyone can kind of have my parents in their neighborhood. Yeah. In a place like next door.
0: Wow. That's beautiful. I can see why that would make a great arc for a film, especially because it sounds like there are some nice themes in there too. Yeah.
1: Hopefully. Either that or... People are going to be yawning and hoping they've had their 40 cups of tea before they can.
0: <laughs> no, they're going to love it. And I, I Google image Katrina Balfe, and sh- I think this is a perfect pick. I think she'd be great.
1: <laughs> She's awesome, isn't she? She looks good.
0: This is perfect. And I would like Jamie Dornan
1: to play my husband, too. But <laughs> if you're going into this whole thing right now, like, it's like really cool. Like, yeah. like, like I can't, I mean, I'm not going to say it because it'll be a snippet. But Jamie Dornan (laughs) would be a good player of my husband as well. And I just like the thought of Jamie Dornan around me.
0: Yeah, I think that sounds great. I mean, yeah, (laughs) cast whoever you want, right? It's your story. Exactly. I'm not going to cast the whole crew. It's perfect. That's perfect. Okay, I'm going to help because I'm obviously the executive producer of the film. Obviously. Okay. <laughs> Obviously. That's great. I am part Irish, actually, in heritage. Yeah, you
1: have the dark Irish look, mm-hmm. for sure.
0: And Italian. So that's where that yeah, comes from. But you don't have the pale Irish. No. <laughs> right. <Yeah>. <laughs> unfortunately. Unfortunately. But it's funny because the actress that I often get compared to a lot, I also think could work for you, which is Anne Hathaway. Oh, could be yeah. a good one. Yeah. Anne
1: Hathaway, Keira Knightley.
0: Like, mm. Again, dark. Black. Yep, it's the dark. Yeah, for sure. Anne Hathaway's doing some really incredible acting right now in the show we crashed on Apple TV about the the Adam Newman story. She's just like, oh, I love her so much. I also think because when somebody tells you that you look like a certain actress, don't you sometimes feel like you develop like a kinship with them? <laughs> <Don't mind. laughs> it's so true. Yes, like I'm like very protective of Anne Hathaway. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, this is why I'm starting to bring Katrina Balfe's name out because people haven't really mm. like, heard of her se. Yes, and I think also because she played a Northern Irish woman, I've now just totally decided that's who she is. And I think she's actually yeah. Southern Irish, so oh. she's like actually from a different country. Which yeah, often in the U.S., like people don't make this difference between yeah. Northern like, We're different countries. Yeah, but in my head, from Northern Ireland, she's got the whole look, and she's this total rock star mom holding the whole family together yes
0: okay all right we're putting it out there into the universe that's a movie i want to see for sure is there a song that whenever you hear it it takes you back in time
1: yeah i mean isn't kind of every song i think um Mm -hmm. memory is so linked to to what you hear like Mm -hmm. hearing like songs and smells for me are like really potent kind of memory um prompters uh Uh, here's one. So I love it because again, it takes me way back. So I love Otis Redding sitting on Mm. the dock of the bay. Um, and I love that song because I first heard it when I was a teenager. So my girlfriends from growing up are actually still Some my best friends in the world. And we got to go in the summers down to this place called Downings in County Donegal, which is on the water. Mm -hmm. So it's imagine the beach, but we're a group of like 16 year olds, 17 year olds, and then 18 year old girls. And so there's a lot that changes from 16 to 18. Mm -hmm. So we discover boys and, um, one of the boys had a guitar, and we would always. <laughs> this is when I feel like I didn't. I must. I must have never slept because I feel like we were always on the beach. Yeah. Like in, you know, with a fire, and we would uh. sing. And this was one of the songs, and I just loved it. Like you kind of hear the words, you know the words, you sing along. Yeah. So stupid. Never quite clicked with me. San Francisco, right? It's about San Francisco. Until later, I heard oh, it. And yeah. I well, of course, it's about San Francisco, right? The whole song is like, you know, has Frisco in it. Yeah, that's right. What was I thinking? Of course, it's about San Francisco. I never thought about, wow, well, if I'd known at that age, sitting there, seeing that song, that I would then live and work in San Francisco, Wow, my head would have popped off. But yeah, it's funny how life kind of pans out.
0: It really is. That's so interesting. The 16, 17, 18-year-old version of yourself on the beach with a guitar would have been very surprised to learn that yeah. you're in Northern California instead of Northern Ireland.
1: Surprised and totally so happy. Not that I didn't love. I love Northern Ireland. Always be home. But I had such a wanderlust, I, but I was always afraid I was never going to get to travel. Hmm. And, you know, if I could have said, don't worry, like, don't worry, you too will get to go travel yes. at some age, And you will even get the chance to live in different countries. Like, that would have made me the happiest, like, teenager at the time.
0: Oh, that's amazing. Wow. I don't think I realized that Sitting on the Dock of the Bay is about San Francisco. <laughs> Oh, I, feel, I feel better now. No, honestly, and I lived in San Francisco for four years, so yeah. feels yeah. like I I'm maybe really should have known it. that. Like- <laughs> Do you believe in ghosts?
1: Oh, hell yeah. That's really? A, that's a passport question. Okay. I mean, you are getting your Irish passport. Oh. So this is why I get very confusing to a lot of people because I technically have an Irish passport, a British passport, an American passport. But on the Irish wow. passport application, it says, yes. question one, do you believe in ghosts? Yes. And if you say no, <laughs> it says automatically you are going from having this passport.
0: That's amazing. That's a big part of Irish culture, or at least where you grew up.
1: Oh yeah, we're all about our mythology and like the stories mm-hmm. and like the like every you know everything could be good or bad luck yep. and if you do it the wrong way. Oh, you're so gonna, is you know,
0: superstition a big part of it? Huge, huge, really?
1: Years. Yeah, Um, and hmm. so ghosts and you know the idea of like and and also like with a heavy dose of religion kind of poured. Oh on top. sure, yeah got the whole thing going. I mean, as a kid, I'm, I don't know how I got out of there still. So, like, yeah, <laughs> still relatively sane. My kids would definitely like disagree on that. they push back. But, yeah. <laughs> there's there's a lot going on. So yeah. So, and actually it's a, a secret, which you didn't ask me, but I am inordinately afraid of the dark. Oh, really? Maybe this is why I told you, I love that pre-dawn period. Yes. I just don't like The middle of the night, kind of dark, dark. Okay. So I really hate being by myself, like at night. Like when my husband's traveling, I used to always make one of my kids come sleep with me for the longest time. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Until like they they got so big, they're like, "Mom, sleep in her own bed." Yeah. Like really, are you
0: sure? You're like, are you sure you're not scared? (laughs) Seriously. And when I was
1: in a hotel room, hotel rooms are like my nemesis. Like Mm. I literally have locked the door. Of course. And then I lie there in the dark and I'm like, okay, come get me.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Do you ever sleep with a night light? Like, do you sleep with lights on? I do often
1: put like in a hotel room, I'll put the bathroom light on or something. Yeah, I do that. Of course.
0: Let me validate that that is a very normal thing that at the very least you and I both do. So...
1: (laughs) I feel better already, right? Of the people course. People me they need the curtain. That oh, like blackout shades. Yes, I'm like, are you crazy? Yeah. Like the ghost or the axe (laughs) murderer, one or the other is going to come get you if you do that.
0: And you won't know. You literally won't see it coming. At hotel rooms, if I'm traveling alone, I literally go into the hotel room and I check like everything. That's just what I've always done. Because when I traveled for work a lot, especially alone, I'm like, let's scope it out, right? This will take 10 (laughs) seconds. I'll feel better the entire time. I'm 100% with you. Yeah. And
1: if I'm in like walking through a car park or something, I am not beyond just kind of breaking into a little bit of like an awkward trot. Oh, sure. Guess, oh, my
0: car. This is just survival. This is just is like, just let's survival. be smart. We're just like smart people navigating the world. That's all this it's is. So <laughs> true. Yeah. On the note of ghosts in the dark though, I have said this before on the show, I believe, but sometimes I don't remember that ghosts are possibly around until I'm laying in bed and it's dark and then out of nowhere for no reason I'll just be like ghosts exist and then I have to turn the light on just to make sure. I don't know what that is. by the way, I'm like I am an adult. <laughs> like and I still do this. I did this within the last few months for sure. Or I watched something and I got freaked out and I fully fell asleep with the light on because I was just oh. like, Who is this hurting? It's just me. Light is on, doesn't matter. It's so true. Like, what are they gonna do to you? Like do ghosts really have to be
1: bad? Like I right? buy that,
0: you know? Yeah, I don't think so. Sometimes they're just a
1: little stuck and haven't made it the whole way to right? wherever ghosts go in the end or Or maybe they're there to tell you something, you know, Mm. in Ireland, ghosts do all sorts of
0: good things as well as bad things. Really? Not all bad. Yeah. Good ghosts. What does that mean in Ireland?
1: warning you about something, you know, a little kind of preemptive, hey,
0: you know, run to your car the next time you're in a car park. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very benevolent ghost. I want that ghost walking me home. (laughs) What is something non-work related that you're really proud of? You can probably
1: tell my kids, mm-hmm. my kids and my, my husband, but maybe the better phrase is my marriage. Sure. Just to be super sappy.
0: Please be super sappy. I want I'm that. I'm very proud
1: of my kids. They're good people, which I think is the most important thing. Mm. I think they will go out in the world and do good in the world. I think they understand the need to give back and to kind of learn empathy, uh, not learn empathy. I think you're born with empathy, but to
0: exercise mm-hmm. your
1: now they're still teenagers, so yes. that's not go too far. And kids, if you're listening, you still have to tidy up your room. I'm yes, exactly. You to get all your stuff done. They're really good people, like in different, different ways. Like, my, I'm proud of my daughter because she has really taken up this mantle of like not letting anything stop her, right? She was, until this year, the only girl in the boys' baseball team.
0: Oh my God, I did that. In middle school, we didn't have a softball team, but I really wanted to play. And so I made them let me play on the baseball team and I was the only girl.
1: That's true.
0: And now she's in
1: high school. She's like a high school junior and she's
0: still playing baseball. That's epic.
1: And it's wild. Like these men, frankly, these 18-year-old men get up on the pitching mound. And they oh are God. firing these missiles at <sighs> her, and I'm like, "My hey, baby girl heart And meanwhile, she's like, nah. like "Yes, the ball and you know is sliding into like the base and knows all the lingo, which I don't. Like, did get me up in this country. Baseball is a little bit an yeah. Yep. And then I'm really proud of my son because he he's also very sporty, kind of great at soccer, but he is like a deeply empathic child. He's always mm. the one I feel like I'd come home. And I would say, oh, how was your day? And he'd say something. Now he says one word because he's a teenage boy. Good. But he always asks me, how was your day? Like he always asks me back. Oh, I find that like really, it takes a long time for them to recognize that human social interaction two way. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Especially with parents. I feel like. Oh, yeah. And so he's always had this really highly empathic part of him. That makes me really proud. Of them, I I feel like I must have done something sort of right, and now I've done this on a podcast. It'll all go pear shaped, but (laughs) um, at least up until this moment in the movie, it's all run quite well. Yes, Katrina Balfe's kids are
0: awesome. (laughs) That is so lovely. Also, it will all go pear shaped. Is that an Irish expression? I've never heard it.
1: Maybe it is. I don't even know where it's, but it's probably, yeah, where she had to go pear-shaped. So you can imagine it all gets worse.
0: I love that. But I kind of like the shapes of pears. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's a nice thing. To me, I'd be like, oh yeah, it'll all go pear-shaped. That sounds great. <laughs> yeah,
1: okay. Note to self, that is That's not a beautiful. good thing when you hear someone say that.
0: If someone says that, particularly perhaps if they're from Northern Ireland, I have to remember that is not a good thing. <laughs> Exactly. Is there a piece of art? It could be fine art, but it could also be like a book or a song or a, a poem, anything that has ever had a big impact on your life.
1: I'll go to book because I'm mm. a massive reader. Oh yeah. Anyone who knows me knows I love to read books. I love to talk about books. I get very impacted by books, but the one I would pick is, um, 100 years of solitude. So Gabriel García Marquez. Okay. And the reason I picked that book is, so I was growing up in this little village and we have a, a library. We, we actually used to have a bus that showed up and you could have one book off the bus every week. And then suddenly we got a library in our village, which I thought was the best thing ever, but it was the size of a shoebox, effectively. Yeah. And I would go in and eventually I just kind of read everything in the library. And then the librarian just kept moving me up and giving me more and more of the adult book. Oh my God. And so I thought I was this great reader, but turns out I was a great reader of like, you know, I've read every Daniel Steele book that he'd written up until <laughs> I was like 18 or oh God. God forbid, like Jackie Collins or something. I'm like, sure. I, mean, I seriously didn't even know what I was reading about. Yes. I was reading And then I got to college, the guy who was in the room right next to me in my college who ended up becoming this dear, dear friend. Hmm. I didn't have anything to read. And I kind of popped in and I was like, can I borrow a book? And he gave me 100 years of solitude. Hmm. He was a a linguist. He was specializing in Spanish. And I started to read that book and it was just like, oh my God, it was like the clouds parted. I was like, wow. First of all, you can write a book like this. Literature can make you feel this way. Hmm. It's both an incredibly complicated book. Like everyone's called the same name. So you in your brain you really have a track of like who's doing what. Yeah, it is and it's actually a book all about community and about, you know, everyone knowing everyone in the community. Hmm. But that book just changed my life. And then I just became a voracious reader of hmm. classics for a period of time. Like I, once I discovered one of Marquez's books, like I read them all and then I went to Borges and, you know, went through all of like Latin America, South American literature yeah. and then I went to Russia and I read all Russian. Oh my <laughs> God. It was literally, I would just like start an author and then read all their books. But it really stemmed from that one book where I realized that, you know, you could go beyond mm-hmm. her trashy novels, into sure. great writing. And it was a total game changer.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a kind of like a watershed moment where it's just opening your eyes to how much more is out there.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was literally a, like I probably jokingly call it like an Eliza Doolittle moment because, <laughs> I, you know, I went to college. I, I was kind of first generation. So my parents didn't go to college had, or university. I had no idea what the mm-hmm. experience was going to be. Um, I went to Oxford. It was like a huge kind of leap from my little village in sure. Ireland. I had a lot of kind of issues of like feeling belonging and mm. finding community, finding my tribe. But I think just particularly with that gift of that book, and then even that person, yeah, it became like so dear to me and like taught me so much. Um, about just different people. And we were very similar. Like we both had come from these very working class backgrounds. Mm. I think we bonded because we were so both of us like fish out of water. I, I remember like he went away for a year to Spain to do his like year abroad. Yeah. And he stayed, and I'm like, I don't have Matthew around anymore. Oh, no. but, like such an important person just in my life too. But yeah. the book was the the unlock moment.
0: Wow. Definitely a big leap from Danielle Steele.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Danielle Steele. Like yes. for many people. They love, please
0: keep going. Yes, the field. 100%. She's, a, she's prolific. She is amazing. God bless her. Truly. Like, I don't know how she writes, and she's still writing. I know. Dead, but. When you were describing how you would go to the library and read every book, it definitely made me think that you were like a real-life Belle from Beauty and the Beast kind of a moment. <laughs> Did you ever feel like that? <laughs> uh I don't know. Do you know the beginning of Beauty and the Beast when she walks into the town? She's from like a little French town and everybody knows her and she's always got her nose in a book. And I was like, oh, what a lovely little story. (laughs) That Sarah.
1: Always had my nose in a book. That is Mm. me. For, like, for sure.
0: Yeah. Did people associate that with you? Like, oh, Sarah's always reading or she's always reading more books or always going to get a book, that kind of thing.
1: Yeah. And I think even to this day, people really associate um, that with me because you know, even at work, I'm, I am try to set myself a goal every year of reading 52 books. So one mm, a week. Yeah. I've done it twice, I think, in my life, really? but I regularly get to like 35. That's good. 35, I can get up to 40. Yeah. It's just my thing. Actually, discovering that you can now read books on tape and yes. stick them in your ears while you're walking, yes. that has been like a total unleash again. Mm. And I have a whole shtick about book reading too, where like you start off eating your greens, so you have yep. to read the books that you have to read, you know, the okay. intellectual ones that people talk about. And then there's like a middle zone for me, like, you know, books that I, I like, it's still kind of good for me. And then there's Pure Candy. And I yes. just like parallel books. I'll be reading like two or three at a time. Oh, really? And the candy book is my kind of candy to make myself read the first two.
0: That's a really interesting approach. I like that a lot. I can't read, or I guess I just don't read multiple books at once because I'm kind of a completionist and I like to finish things. And so I like, it's a reward for me to finish the book finishing the book feels really good. And so reading multiple books at once would delay the thing that I enjoy of finishing it. So I like to read them one at a time, but I also try to alternate fiction, nonfiction. Because that's my kind of thing is like, oh, well, when I finish this business book about business, then I get to read a fun book about romance. (laughs) We're
1: kind of in the same zone, though, that'll be business books. And it's just kind of how we get there.
0: Yeah. I read too many business books in a row, though. And now I'm on like a a fiction cleanse. And I read books about like creativity and the creative process. And then it's like business. And I'm just like, okay. Okay, I need stories about people that don't exist. I need stuff that didn't happen. I <laughs> maybe places that don't aren't real. I'm reading like a sci-fi book right now. Like let's, you know, mix it up. Yeah, that's when it's really cool. Exactly.
1: I like sci-fi too, actually.
0: Nice. Sarah, we're going to take a super quick podcast break and then we will be right back. This episode of Non-Technical is still brought to you by Bets Recruiting. Okay, real talk. We all know someone who's been complaining about their job for the last three months, but doesn't seem to be doing anything about it. And sure, maybe at times we've all been that person too. On the one hand, I get it, because even after you found an open role that feels like a fit, figuring out the right place to submit your resume can be a huge mountain to climb. But on the other hand, there are so many tools today to make that climb feel more like a pleasant, non-inclined walk. Like bets. So, if you, or your friend, are a high performing professional looking for your next opportunity, it's time to become a Bets Connect community member. Apply to join Bets' exclusive network, and if you're accepted, tech startups will reach out to you. You decide who to talk to, you decide your path. So, next time your disgruntled friend starts a conversation with, you're not going to believe what happened on Slack today. Maybe find a way to bring up Bets. Or, hey, maybe send him this episode of Non Technical, huh? Ah, subtlety. Apply now for your exclusive lifetime membership at betsrecruiting.com slash non-technical. And we're back with Sarah Fryer, the CEO of Nextdoor. Sarah, we have arrived at a very exciting moment in this episode of Non-Technical. Are you ready? I don't
1: know. I'm a little afraid now. <laughs> You're not going to bring a ghost out of the no, closet. No,
0: no, don't be scared. The lights will stay on the entire time. There is nothing to fear. You have arrived at the lightning round. Great. Okay. I always ask this as my first question, but I'm pretty confident. I already know the answer for you. Coffee or tea? Uh, Definitely tea. Definitely tea. Do you ever drink coffee? Do you ever mix it up? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like to start my day with a little equator coffee.
0: Oh, equator is great coffee.
1: Yes. Great female run business.
0: Really? Oh, I love them even more. Did you say you drink decaf? I do drink decaf. Okay. Yeah. It's weird that I have an emotional reaction to that answer, right? Like I shouldn't have any feeling about the fact. Why are you having an emotional reaction about my decaf coffee? First of all, I fully support you. So whatever type of coffee or tea makes you happy, I'm like, hell yeah, live your life. It's just there's like something about decaf where I'm like, mm. it just makes me feel a certain way. <laughs> I, can't... I just failed you.
1: I, I do actually because caffeine has almost no impact on me. And I know this even from my 23andMe, which mm. tells me that I genetically have a high tolerance to
0: caffeine. Oh my gosh. I didn't know so... I could tell you that. I took
1: the other side of that and said, okay, well, if it's not going to impact me, then I might as well just not have it.
0: That's so smart. Exactly. Cause like why bother? Cause it's a drug. So why bother putting more of it in your butt? That's smart. Okay. See, again, I support you 1000%. It's just, I hear decaf and I'm like, yeah, no, it's just, it's decaf. You think wimp, but I shouldn't, I should not. That is not what should happen inside my brain. I am incorrect. You are correct. Do you have a favorite board game? Catan
1: (gasps) is our favorite. We play a lot of board games in my house. It's a way to communicate with teenagers. That does sound like a
0: nice way. Are you competitive when you play? Yes,
1: but I always lose. I live with um, my husband. I call him Dr. Jackal and Mr. Cards because he is the sweetest, (laughs) kindest man until a game ends up on the table and then he turns into like a crazy person.
0: Love that. That's so funny.
1: So we're very competitive, but I usually lose. He's a much better game player. than I
0: I relate to that a lot, actually, on your side. I love games and I love playing games and I, I like to win. I don't. I don't a lot, it turns out. And I still enjoy it. That doesn't take anything away from it for me.
1: So another game I love is Scrabble. My family hates it. But in Scrabble, the reason I lose is I'm always the one that has the full, like, bingo. Like, I have all the letters. I made the big word. And then they'll put in an X.
0: And they get, like, 74
1: points from one tile. Like, what the hell just happened? So I'm not a good game player, but I'm very good intellectually at the game Mm -hmm. because I'm a good reader. It all parts me.
0: Have you ever played Bananagrams? Oh, yeah. Love I bananas. love Bananagrams. I feel like that's a really fun way to play word games with people who may not love word games because you get to play lots of rounds. Are you yeah. playing
1: Wordle right now?
0: Okay. This is very out of character, but I'm not playing Wordle. Are you playing Wordle? I am playing Wordle. I'm playing Wordle my four wordles two of my best friends today are still the girls that i grew up with we've been friends for 23 years we have a group chat it's called sisters and because all three of us are only children so it's like we're each other's family but literally they're doing wordle i get a new one every day it feels like they also do Quirtle. recently the new one is hurdle which plays you clips of songs (laughs) and you have to identify there was another one that i can't remember where it's stills from movies and you have to identify the movie in a certain number of tries they are on it <laughs> wow
1: i like the idea i know i'm going to go we're going to go do that tonight
0: you should sarah one last question for you what would you title your memoir i think i would title it purposeful kindness
1: hmm. just cuz i like the actually three words but in the random acts of kindness which i don't really buy into i think you should be purposeful in your yes. kindness yeah, I think kindness has had such—it's a word that's had so much impact on me, and is growing that impact on me because now it feels like it's so part of what I do every day, mm-hmm. from work perspective. So I think it would be purpose because I'm someone who's very purpose-driven. I lead a very full life, like mm-hmm. I only have an on or an off switch. So when I'm on, I am 100% on, and then kindness—that's a very serious answer, but that's
0: what I would like it to be. That's a fantastic answer. So is it, it's three different words, like purpose, new word, full, three, kindness? Yeah. That's a great answer. Also, okay, this comes up a lot when I ask people this question. Everybody seems to agree that a memoir title or an autobiography title does need to have some kind of a, like, like a twist to it or like a pun almost. And I feel like purposeful kindness has exactly that because of course it could be interpreted as the word purposeful kindness. Yeah. Yeah. So this is an amazing answer. I would buy that book for sure. I would read it regardless of whether I was due for fiction or nonfiction, Sarah. And then we'd turn it into a film, right? Yes. Yes, indeed. We'll turn it into a film. We're going to call up Katerina. Oh, I already forgot her name. Oh no. Yeah.
1: Katerina Balfoy. She's made it in again.
0: I'll make sure to have plenty of um, fingerless gloves in the budget. I'll I'll set that aside. It's important. We have to keep it true to life. Sarah, this has been, seriously, oh my gosh, what a treat. This has been so much fun. Thank you so much for joining me on the show.
1: Thank you. It has been a blast. I don't get to do something like this very often. So really fun. I really appreciate it.
0: The pleasure is mine. Where can people find more about you? I think multiple places. So
1: definitely show up on Nextdoor. And now we have connect features. So you can even connect directly to me. Oh, look at that. I am on Insta because I love to talk about female owned and operated businesses.
0: Hell yeah. Yes. I've seen that. That's awesome.
1: And another place to find some stuff about what I'm doing outside of next door is ladieswholaunch.org. Go to our website. Oh, right. some great stuff about education, inspiration, and community for female and non-binary entrepreneurs who are starting running and growing their own businesses.
0: That's fantastic. And you can find me at yayalexisgay on Twitter and Instagram or at nontechnicalpod on Twitter. Sarah, once again, I really can't thank you enough. This was such an enjoyable chat and I'm so, so grateful to have you on the show. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing. Talk to you soon.